0: Hi again, it's your weekly horoscope columnist, Christopher Runstrom. back to share with you some pretty exciting news. You will soon have a chance to study with me in my upcoming course, The Cosmic Calendar, produced here at Astrology Hub. The Cosmic Calendar is designed to teach you how to turn your birth chart into a personal calendar, one that's uniquely aligned to your natural flow and personal seasons you'll be able to look at the year ahead and know exactly how to plan your life. Whether you're looking to launch a business, dive back into the dating pool, or finally get around to writing that book you said you'd get around to writing one day, the Cosmic Calendar will help you to identify the best times of year to pursue your dreams. So if you want to be the first to know more about the Cosmic Calendar, then sign up for the waitlist now at AstrologyHub.com slash Cosmic Waitlist. Again, that's AstrologyHub.com slash Cosmic Waitlist. I am so looking forward to seeing you there. Well,
1: hello everybody, and welcome to the Astrology Hub podcast. This is our flagship show dedicated to sharing the multitude of astrological perspectives and approaches. We feature up-and-coming astrologers as well as living legends in the field, demonstrating how astrology can support you in so many different areas of your life. Today, I am so thrilled to be here with Thomas Miller, and we are going to be diving into the astrology of 2022. He's going to help us identify some auspicious dates and also an overarching theme for the year. And Thomas is new to the Astrology Hub platform, and he is today making his Astrology Hub debut. And I am so excited. Jamie McGee on our team has been listening to Thomas's podcast for I don't know how long, but a while. And she said, Amanda, you need to listen to this guy. So she sent me a podcast episode. I listened to Thomas's podcast. I went, oh, yes, I love this Energy. I love his approach. I love his messaging. And I love the way that he's practicing astrology. And I love the way that he's making astrology accessible and easy for people to understand and apply in their lives. So, Thomas, I am so thrilled to be here with you today. I've had the pleasure of being on your podcast now, which was so much fun. And now we're having you here. And then you're going to be doing the weekly weather for us next week. So, I wanted to introduce the audience to you introduce you to our community. So then when you do the weather next Monday, they're like, oh, Thomas, it's like meeting an old friend. So Thomas, welcome. We're so happy you're here.
2: Amanda, thank you so much. I can't tell you how much that whole story touches me and for extending the invitation. And of course, I've gladly accepted. You have created an amazing community here. And I mentioned this in the podcast that I did with you, but when I first really started getting serious about astrology was in 2018 in the summer. I saw in my chart that I could possibly have a go at this professionally. So I figured, well, one of the things I need to do is learn astrology. And I found one of your courses. So you helped get me started.
1: That's so great. <laughs> oh, my. That, that's like the, those are those full circle moments where a vision or an idea, because when, when we started Astrology Hub, it's like, I'd love to, uh, to create something where we get people really excited about astrology. They can see like how amazing this tool is, right? And then maybe they start studying it, and then maybe they actually create a whole life, you know, a career, a calling, and they actually get to practice it a- as part of their life, which you're telling me that's we've been a part of that, that process for you, which is just, again, it's full circle. It feels so good.
2: It's the the ripple when you throw the rock in the pond, isn't it?
1: Yes. Yes it is. Well, Thomas, I know that you have quite a story. Whenever someone is new on the podcast, I love to ask about your story of how you came to astrology and how you came to be where you are at today because today you have two different podcasts. You have Subconscious Mind Mastery, which you started in 2013, and then Fun Astrology, which you started in 2019. And I know you're reaching lots and lots of people with both of those shows now. So can you tell us about a little bit about your journey, what brought you to astrology and what brought you to where you are right now?
2: I'm in my early 60s. So the story goes way back. Child in the 60s and 70s in Tulsa, Oklahoma is where I grew up. And I had wonderful parents. They were so loving, so supportive. We were just a typical middle-class family. My dad was a stockbroker. And what was very foundational in our family was church, my parents' belief system. We were in a Bible church for most of my growing up years, and then a Southern Baptist church in high school and, and beyond. And ironically, my brother and I, I just have one brother, he's two years younger than I, uh, we never rebelled against our parents. We were like these two perfect boys that, oh my goodness, what my mother did to, to get kids that didn't, <laughs> you know, we were just, you know, we were good kids. And I think a lot of that was out of the respect for who my parents were. But it was also because in, that, in the system of the church, that, that was our whole culture. I mean, we went to church four, days, four times a week. We went to a Christian junior high school, a Christian college. And so you get the idea. I mean, this was just permeated. And of course, in that belief system, end of story, no questions asked. Astrology is of the devil. Don't go there. Just don't look at it. Don't even consider it. It was like adamant that you are playing in the devil's sandbox if you look at astrology. So just don't do it. Now, I went to college with the idea of I had two passions. One was broadcasting. I had loved it since I was a kid. I had a teacher who sent home an assignment that we were to get the, you know, the the core middle out of a roll of paper towels and cut it down and take a big ball of aluminum foil and put it on there. And that was your microphone. And you were supposed to interview people.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. Wow. I
2: think I carried that thing around for 10 years. I don't know. For a long time. (laughs) Do I? (laughs) Did Did you sleep sleep with it? it? Oh yeah. Oh Still do. Still do sleep with it. Now I'm in this van, you know, and it's like, everything is right there. The microphone is just right below me when I'm sleeping. So it's like never, nothing changed. Right. So in fact, I grew up in the same town that Paul Harvey grew up in, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Paul Harvey's first job was at KVOO Radio, which was in the Phil tower building downtown, which is where my dad worked. So, I mean, there was just this whole knot of connection with broadcasting, and I just loved it. I loved the whole idea of it, but I was very committed to our lifestyle in the church, so I went to college with the idea of going into seminary. But I made a right turn at broadcasting my second year and I started working for a radio station and that led me down a broadcasting career and I never ended up picking up the, the spiritual piece. But here's, a, here's an astrological understanding now that if I had had then, I would have really differently thought about that decision. In my chart, I have the sun and Mars and Neptune in Scorpio all on the same degree. Now, if anybody knows anything about astrology, you could easily tell very quickly why secular careers were never fulfilling for me, because that Neptune had to bloom, and it's not conjunct by five or seven degrees. It's plunked. I mean, you know, I've, in my mind, I've merged those three planets together as one. I call it my Marcin tune. Mars, Sun, (laughs) Neptune, Mars and Tune. It's one big orb in my life. And I didn't understand it back then. Hmm. So I got into these secular careers and they were never fulfilling. And I was always looking back at the spiritual piece that was unfulfilled. And I, I thought the only solution to that was to get into the ministry. Well, by the time you're 30, it's a little late. 35, now it's really too late. 40, well, I missed opportunity. What else can I do? 45. And In the process, this little Baptist boy that was headed to seminary got divorced twice. And when you're from a middle-class family in Tulsa, Oklahoma, headed to seminary, you're not supposed to get divorced once, not much less twice. And I didn't set out to do that. (laughs) I set out to be the same good kid as an adult that I had been when we were growing up. So I'm sitting here at 48, 49 years old, divorced twice, and kind of like I'm sitting out here in in the sand, cross-legged, trying to figure out what happened to my life. And I actually did buy an RV. And my intention was to travel around and try to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Well, I was working a job in a suburb of Dallas that commanded most of my time. So I didn't get to travel as much, but I did find a nice little park and I was at a spot by the pond. And back then I uh, drank alcohol. I don't now, another Neptune understanding. But as I would say that I spent that year with one or more bottles of wine, sitting out there in a lawn chair by that pond, swatting mosquitoes and journaling my guts out. And I would take any area of my life and just just dissect it and go back and look at where did this begin? When did this first show up? And it was during that time that I also started to broach the very, to me, uncomfortable concept that maybe some of this happened before I was born. And I started to look at that maybe this wasn't the only rodeo. And in essence, what I did after that second divorce was I kind of whiteboarded the whole spiritual piece completely clean, like a literally like Windex on a whiteboard. And now I've got the marker. And instead of somebody else telling me what's to go on the board, I'm going to find what's going to go on my board this time. And that's where I started to find some of these different things. And one of the big pivotal pieces was when I heard Bob Proctor in a program talk about a quote from Warner Von Braun. I've not been able to find this quote, so it might be a Bob Proctor adaptation, but the idea is certainly there in Warner Von Braun's work. Warner Von Braun was a German physicist back in World War II who came to the United States after the war and helped build our Apollo rocket program that took man to the moon in 1968. And Warner Von Braun was also a very spiritual man. And he said, you know, because of the precision of the laws of the universe the physical laws of the universe that they were able to launch a rocket take it up into orbit send it to the moon land it on the moon in a particular area bring it back and drop it next to a boat now that's not the exact quote that's a fun astrology adaptation of it <laughs> but but basically that the physical laws of the universe are so precise that they can do that time after time after time with precision now, what I had grown up with, Amanda, was—and I know you did too—that this was your background as well. That you lobbed prayers up into the sky and hoped that uh, God, that to me was kind of like a puppeteer, you know, the the marionette puppets. Oh, here we go. Oh, let's bless Amanda today. Oh, Jamie gets a sucker today. She gets a lollipop. Good. She's been good. Thomas, <laughs> you get another kick in the butt. You know, it's like. Whack! Well, unanswered prayer, answered prayer. What's the secret? It was all just random. Mm. And as I was sitting there trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again, I thought, you know what? If if Warner Von Braun is right, and he was, I grew up watching those moonshots, then why would God create such a precise physical world and not create an equally precise spiritual world? Mm, what
0: an interesting. So I question. set out
2: trying to find what that would look like, and I remember clearly one night I was sitting at the computer. I I had pulled out some of the chairs and whatnot in the RV, and I put a desk where I was working. And I remember getting on the computer, and for some reason astrology came up. And the only thing I knew about astrology was that I was a Scorpio, so I started looking at Scorpio. I started reading. Wow this is amazing. This sounds like me. <laughs> well, I'm a Scorpio. So what did I do? I started diving in, right? And I got on astro.com and I got on their interactive chart and where you could Robert Hand and Robert... Robert. Pelletier have their comments on there and you can look at all the aspects. And I mean, I put enough together to figure that out. And I started reading about my charts. I'm like, every time I turned around, wow, that's me. Oh my gosh. So all of a sudden, this understanding about how I was wired to be me started to come out. And I had been beating to somebody else's drum for 50 years. Well, what I found through that and the connection back to Warner Von Braun's piece or comment was, but if you think about, Werner von Braun built the rocket program based on physics. What is astrology based on? Geometry. So here's physics is the framework, and now we're getting into sacred geometry. Physics is the framework of the physical universe. What's the framework of the spiritual universe that is just as precise? Because we can land these aspects on the nose to the second. It's geometry. And there it was. So all of a sudden, here was something that was patternable, consistent, predictable, if you will. And that's what started my love of astrology. How I got into the podcast was I kind of focused on the Story that's in subconscious mind mastery, if anybody wants to listen to that podcast, go back to episode one because i I told the story in there about a the pastor in our our high school pastor when I was about twenty five years old since I didn't go into the ministry, sat me down next to some tennis courts in Vail, Colorado, and told me this he said he said, there are two people in my ministry one was a pastor in arkansas who had run off with a lady in the choir and then he said and then you and he said you are the biggest disappointment in my ministry for not going into the to the seminary big finger just like that wow and that's when i learned subconscious programming because all of a sudden i got programmed as a disappointment And that's where the rest of the story came from. I found a way to disappoint people, Mm. including two women who didn't want to live with me anymore. Wow. So that was 2012. I went back to Vail. Those tennis courts, those precise tennis courts are gone now. It's a ski lodge. But there's another private tennis court right there. And I sat by that court, Amanda, and I bawled for about two hours. And I just let it all out. And I was like, I am not a disappointment. And that was really the pivot. 2013, I got an intuitive prompt to start a podcast. My mom had just passed. And I started the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. I had no idea what to talk about. I had no idea. All I had was this overbearing feeling to do a podcast. So I figured out how to put the technical part together. And my second podcast, which isn't there anymore, was how to heal the hiccups through doing cat-cow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I seriously didn't know what to talk about. Can you do do what? Can you really heal the hiccups through Cat-Cat?
2: Because it's a diaphragm spasm. (laughs)
1: Nice.
2: The best way to heal the hiccups, if you guys don't know this one, is to drink on the opposite side of the cup. Yes. Drink like that. That will get them every time. Uh But no, I seriously didn't. I, I didn't think I had a story. Well, that was 270 episodes of that one ago. So... 2013 also is when I was literally, oh, I had gotten into uh, narrating some audiobooks for audible.com and that was another thing that I really wanted to do. I mean, that was, wow, if I could only do that. Well, in 2013 in the summer, I was getting ready to go on a bicycle ride and I was filling up the water bottles at the sink and I got this as clearly as we're talking right here. Email Fred Dodson about narrating his audiobooks. It's like, Whoa, Fred Dodson. Oh, that was the guy that I was reading his book that was on the nightstand. So I'm like, Fred Dodson? I didn't know who he, you know, I mean, I would had read a couple of his books. That was it. I get online. Back then, he had his email address on his website. So I put a little demo together and I emailed Fred. And then I went on the bicycle ride. I mean, I literally set the water bottles down and went to the computer. It was that compelling. Next morning, he had responded and he said, let's do it. And that was over 30 audiobooks ago. And then in 2020, 2019, I contacted Steve Forrest, and he uh, gave me the incredible privilege of narrating his legacy project, the Elements series. And we just finished The Endless Sky, which is a collection of articles that he's written over the years. That's a phenomenal book. If you guys want an amazing, audiobook to just have to stick chapters on and play. They're about 20, 25 minutes, usually, mostly uh, about different, all kinds of topics about astrology. That was one amazing book to do. It was long. It's almost 600 pages, but wow, that was incredible. So that's out now. And then in uh, 2018, like I said, I had a little extra time on my hands and I was looking at various things in a book by Noel Till about career astrology pointed me to that it might look like I could do this professionally. So I decided I needed to learn more, found your course, continued the study. And then by 2019, there was the next prompt and it said, do, a, do an astrology podcast. You're ready. You're ready enough. Launch in. This is something I've seen, and I'll bet you have too. A lot of people have studied astrology enough to have an impact in the world, to not you know, step on their toes and yet they don't have the confidence to step into higher ground with it. And I would absolutely encourage you if you are of any kind of inkling to take it further than just your own chart, that you probably already have all you need. So step into it. So my prompt was again to do a podcast. And so I started out to do a weekly astrology podcast and it was like, oh no, 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 no daily so i thought well they're recorded i can't mess it up right all i can do is if i don't like it hit Control alt delete start over so i did and started a daily podcast and and have no plans of doing anything but making it bigger and better
1: thomas can i there's... show them the
2: van real quick i've got a
1: i've
2: got a, a little shot here i can show you so In December, I've been uh, struggling with where to live. It's been a constant challenge. And I was in Dallas and my son said, well, Dad, you should just be in an RV. Well, it didn't take me long, not with that Mars, Sun, Neptune, to go out and um, find this Sprinter van that now this is the big deal. This is where it's parked right now at this little place in Central Florida. And I'm just, just sitting there with all that nice space and getting used to this new lifestyle. Now, here's where Fred Dodson joined me last Thursday, last week, and we recorded three podcasts in the van. So there you go.
1: It's so and it great. Is and tiny. It's tiny. <laughs> it's tiny. Well, you're gonna be doing the 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 weather. So Thomas will be our weekly weatherman next week. And you're gonna be doing it from the van, right? It's like the fun astrology. If we can get van the internet stable. Yes, right. So it's basically taking fun astrology, your podcast, on the road. You're going to be broadcasting from different places, talking to different astrologers. Correct? That that's right. right,
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Take it all over the country.
1: And I bet you there will be some astrology hub community members that you meet along the way as well. I I know there will be be a lot of people who would love to meet you. So I, Thomas, the story is incredible. It's like it's almost like you've had two lifetimes, right? Like the life that you were mm-hmm. having before age fifty, and now life after age fifty—they look dramatically different from each other. Astrology has been that like cornerstone or, or like pivot point that really has set you on this new trajectory. I'm really I mean, I definitely want, need to go into the 2022 astrology soon, but I'd also love to hear about how you do or do not integrate your religious background and upbringing and and understanding of the Bible and all of that into your practice of astrology? Like have those worlds merged at all for you at this point? That's a
2: great great question, Amanda, thank you. They're starting to. I threw the baby out with the bathwater. I really took that whiteboard clean and I didn't trust what I had learned. But over the last, really, about six to nine months, I've started to bring that back and start to take a look at some of those concepts. And one of the things that I just absolutely love, and there are a number of Bible verses that you can go find, but Psalm 19.1 is a great one. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the one thing about astrology that you can't get very far into, that you don't realize, that there is a grand design. There is source. I know God is a sensitive word, but universe, source, higher power, the the folks that have near-death experiences and the folks that ascend into other conscious realms all talk about the same thing. So there's a pattern. It's energy. God is energy. God is not some human-formed thing sitting up there in a throne waiting for the end times. God is connective energy and we can connect to it. And in fact, when we get down the road of talking about manifesting and all of that, it really is plugging into that divine source energy. I think maybe in the whole metaphysical new age community that we've gotten too far away from it. Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. I think we need to get back. I'm not getting back in any kind of evangelical thou shalt not do this or that, or thou shalt go to hell kind of thing. No, not at all. In fact, we understand so much more now. But um, I think there are some beautiful truths and some of the maybe less, less tainted areas of the Bible, like the Psalms and Proverbs and some of the good old stories have rich meanings in them. So, yeah.
1: Wow. It's been one of my heart's desires to help heal the divide between astrology and religion in the sense that there's so many people out there like you who could benefit from astrology and 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 look you're you've, you've even made a career and a life out of it and they're held back by those ideas of astrology is of the devil astrology is evil and bad and 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 i've seen so many times that there's room for both of them like there's room for god and astrology in the same conversation that one does not dispute the other that that they actually are evidence of each other both say you know god and astrology it it it's it's the same and so i i i have a feeling you and i might get to explore some of these topics together here at astrology hub and help to bring the conversation to a place where it's like it doesn't have to be one or the other you can be you can be a person of god and you can be a person who also has this curiosity and has this and uses this tool of astrology that god gave us <laughs> i mean it's not there's no separation between the two
2: what you're talking about there amanda it really is a full circle loop of what i felt when i was 3 years old came mm. home from church one afternoon on sunday and I remember it as vividly today as as then. I got in the back of a recliner that mom and dad had these two recliners and window back there behind them. And dad was taking a nap and mom was in the kitchen doing something. And we had been to church. And at this church that we were going to when I was a wee little kid, there was this beautiful uh, stained glass image of Jesus. It's that one where he's standing with the lantern. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And that mm-hmm. verse had come up. And if if you open the door, I will come in and, and sup with you or have fellowship with you and you with me. And at three years old, I got up in the back of that chair and I looked out that window and I said, I opened the door of my heart. Aww. You know, and it's like that sensitivity. See, now I understand Neptune's Sun, Mars and Tune, right? It's all there. <laughs> um, and what a complete loop now to do it with the knowledge of of a much less controlled system
1: (laughs) Mm, yeah all right i have a bunch of questions about your parents and your family and how this all worked but uh, maybe we can explore some of those things another time let's talk about 2022 so at this point i've taught i think i've interviewed at least probably close to 20 astrologers about 2022 and i'm very curious to hear from you, what you think are the themes, like the major theme of 2022? And then what are the the high points of the astrology for this year?
2: Well, I'll give away a little bit of the soap that we'll talk about next week, because I know you like to do a theme of the week. (laughs) I do. And we're really next week because you gave me a heck of a week, Amanda. We're starting with a full moon nice then we're, then we're going uranus direct then we're doing a sign uh, sign change for the nodes i mean wow it's a stacked wow. yeah it's a stacked week but um here's here's the theme of the of the week that we could even extend to the year go deep or go home
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. Go, spoken like a true Scorpio. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, go deep or go home. Okay. That's where those nodes are heading is right into Scorpio. And in fact, if you want to just start there, I, I had pulled this for next week, but let me just throw you a couple of things that were interesting on when the nodes change sign. I went back, I like to go back and pull the history of this stuff. See, that's what I did with Saturn and Pluto when, it, when I saw that conjunction applying and we were getting closer and closer. Go back and see what else happened. Well, two other times that Saturn and Pluto have conjoined in Capricorn, that's the key, in Capricorn, in the last thousand years. And both of them were portals from one era to another. In 1284, it was the portal between the Dark Ages and the Italian Renaissance. And then it seems that it takes us humans about 250 years to screw up a steel ball, but we'll mess it up. And then the universe has to come down and reset. So in 1518, right after Martin Luther tacked his notes onto the door of the Catholic Church you know, and said, Dear Mr. Pope, we rebel against what you're doing. And that ushered in the change from a Rome-centered control of Europe to a london control center of Europe. And then after 250 years, the sun never set on the British Empire. And some colonists in uh, Boston said, dear King George, here's your stinking tea. You know, we're not paying your taxes. Now, Saturn was not there. In, 17, in the 1770s. But Pluto was. Pluto was in Capricorn. So Pluto in Capricorn is a big, big deal. And when we hit January 12th, 2020, Saturn and Pluto conjoined in Capricorn. And two or three weeks later, COVID was the new word in our vocabulary. So this is a big shift. And I think that this change of the nodes, now the Mean nodes changed in December. That's the average of the true nodes, which change next week. But if you look at what happened during the nodal transits the last 50 years, I went back and in 1966 is when the nodes moved into Taurus North Node, South Node Scorpio. And you can Google this, the long, hot summer of 1967. There were 159 race riots that erupted across the United States that summer. And the article goes on. Atlanta, Boston, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Tampa, Newark, Detroit. I mean, they were all over the place. And that was the eruption basically before uh, the end of that particular transit back in in the 1966, 1967. So this incredible tension. Now, here's one that just blew me away. The next one was in 1984, all right? So you think, well, what was going on in 1984? Ronald Reagan was president. In 1984, 85, 86 is when he had the only scandal, the only big scandal of his presidency was the Iran-Contra situation where they were selling arms to Ayatollah Khomeini and giving the money to the Contras in Nicaragua. Well, that story broke in 1985 during the South Node in Scorpio. Ronald Reagan died in 2004. That was the next transit of the South Node through Scorpio. You want to guess where Ronald Reagan's South Node is? (laughs) It's in Scorpio. This is from the, you can't make this stuff up department. I mean, this is absolutely amazing. So I think we can expect some major shift changes as the nodes go through. Now, that's one of the big themes that everybody's talking about. The other big theme, obviously, that's there right now is Jupiter and Pisces. So it's Jupiter, Pisces, Aries, Pisces. And actually, the Aries transit is fairly long because it moves into Aries in May and doesn't come back out until late November. And it's only in Pisces for a little whiff at the end of the year, like not even a month, I think.
1: Wait, Jupiter? Are you talking about Jupiter yeah, goes move, into so Aries? So Jupiter
2: moves into from Pisces into yeah. Aries mm-hmm. in May. I mean mm-hmm. it rockets through Pisces. And then it's in May. Then of course it goes retrograde and it comes back and then it closes up the the last Few degrees there at Pisces. I think it only gets to like 27 or 28 degrees in Pisces. It really doesn't come back in that much. So we saw this last year, right? Jupiter was in Capricorn and it moved into Pisces. And what happened? The Delta variant of COVID broke out. And then it was like, oops, sorry, back over here. And it moved back into Pisces. Things kind of calmed down a little bit. And then, uh, or moved back into Capricorn, sorry, things calm down a little bit and then of course it moved into pisces in december. So we've had this december, january, february, march, april. There's your window of Jupiter in pisces full on. And I stumbled across something 2 weeks ago that was kind of interesting. It was three planets in capricorn, three planets in aquarius, three planets in pisces. And I did this on on the podcast where the sun and venus and pluto We're in Capricorn, and here goes the moon, through. And we're just like, okay, now that's interesting. So Venus was sandwiched in between Pluto and the sun. So think about the things that Venus represents. Love, obviously, relationships, money, our harmony, our balance, what makes us centered and grounded, what beautiful things do we love? Now Capricorn, from this little viewpoint, to me represented old areas, stodgy areas that don't serve us anymore. So I was looking at that, I was thinking, well, what is there about relationships, about even how we deal with money, perhaps money collectively, as we're seeing some of these changes to cryptocurrency and the market now kind of yo-yoing as it we've come into 2022 and what what old structures around money might not serve so well. And of course, that's the foundation of the Saturn-Uranus square has always been money. So I was looking at that, the moon came through, and then the moon, I just followed it right on, went into Aquarius. Well, what was in Aquarius was Mercury and Saturn and now the moon. So we got three and we got three in Aquarius, Mercury and Saturn.
1: Thomas, what can, okay, see, it, real quick, where are we in timeline right now? Like
2: This was two weeks ago.
1: Two weeks ago. Okay, got this it. This was two Sorry. weeks ago. Yeah, yep. I just kind
2: of stumbled on this, but we're talking about a theme. And this really, to me, lit up a theme for 2022. It just led it right on in because, uh, let's see, Jupiter had moved in to Pisces at that point. So I was looking at Mercury and Saturn in Aquarius and thinking, ah, there is the new technology. And by the way, Christopher was just absolutely brilliant in that weekly weather for this week and his story about Hermes and Mercury. If you guys have not heard that, oh my goodness, you have to listen to that. Christopher runs in this week's weekly weather brilliant story of the mythology around Mercury. Mm -hmm. You'll get a whole different flavor by listening to that. What a rock star. That was just amazing. So, But see, there are the new structures. There's the new revolutionary breakthrough to resolve some of those old habits and patterns that were stuck in Capricorn. And then the moon moved right on into Pisces where Jupiter was applying to Neptune and it was like what what came from that was that we are sitting right now on the most powerful opportunity to connect spiritually that we've had in 165 years because it takes Neptune that long to go all the way around so we haven't had Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces for 165 years so here we have this opportunity to do this incredibly amazing, deep, spiritual work. If we'll look at releasing those old structures that don't serve us. If we'll be a little feisty and frisky like Mercury is. The trickster. Like, you know, he was out busy all night and then pulled the blanket out. I mean, that was such so a cougar, And then pulled the blanket out. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Well, be a little frisky. And try on some new things. Be edgy. Be Aquarian rebellious in some areas. And build new spiritual structures into your life. We've got an opportunity that won't be here for another century and a half. So to me, that was another one of the big ones. And then, gosh, there are so many. Oh, have you looked at the, at the aspects in the summer of this year? Pop up a chart. Oh my. Pop up a chart in the summer, Leo season. Go into late July, early August, and just look at the aspects. I mean, the energy is going to be bouncing off the walls. For example, speaking of, in August, we will have Pluto, Saturn, Neptune, Jupiter, Chiron, and Eris all retrograde. There's a lot of deep spiritual work going on right there. Wow. A so that's,
1: that's August. We can like pinpoint that on our calendars.
2: That's August. Mars spends a good deal of time in retrograde in Gemini, the second half of the year. Also the second half of the year, we have that revisit. They don't exactly square, but Saturn and Uranus will be very close in October. So there's a lot that's going to be happening toward the end of the year as well. Summer gets a little bit quiet. But uh, let's see, what else did I note here? I had a couple of others. Oh, April, Aries energy in April. Uh, Sun, Chiron, Mercury, and Eris. Now I'm starting to watch Eris a lot more. Eris has got my attention. Um, So it's on my charts all the time now. But the Sun, Chiron, Mercury, and Eris will be in Aries in April. And will be sextile to Aquarius with Mars, Saturn, and Venus. So April is going to be a very intense month. So with following Venus, oh, here's another thing that I was thinking about too. Okay, so when Venus goes, when uh, when Jupiter, when Jupiter goes into Pisces, we start 2022 with it at home because it's the ancient ruler, right? We of course attribute it to Sagittarius, and then we also have the modern ruler of Neptune in Pisces, but I'm just saying Jupiter has some home turf there for sure. So both of the rulers of this incredible sign of Pisces, this, this sign that brings spirituality alive in our lives, and then it moves so fast this year that it rockets over into Aries. Now, something I noticed last year, and this is just something to try on, I'm not right. I'm just playing here. Okay. But it almost seems like Jupiter knows that doggone it, 2022 is the year that it needs to be in Pisces. But it has to move over to Aries and do its little dance and turn around and come back. So we're going to get a glimpse of what that Aries influence is going to be. We'll see, just like we did last year, like we do every year. But just try on that subconsciously jupiter knows that it really is in pisces <laughs> so it has it hangs on to this piscean theme if you will and adds aries energy to it which of course is fire adding thrust to this piscean homeness i mean look if if you had returned home which you don't do for 12 years And your buddy Neptune was in there, which hadn't been for 165. Would you be in a big hurry to have to leave? (laughs) You know, it's like, no. Mm -hmm. So just try on that even when we're in the summer and fall and Jupiter is in Aries, that maybe it still is carrying some Piscean theme with it. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense?
1: It does. It does. And I can feel what you're saying.
2: I've seen something in readings and I know this would make me a rebel and I'll go ahead and say it, but the thought is that it's we humans who put the lines on that chart, not infinity. Mm. And often we, I mean, we're taking an infinite sky and reducing it down to a doily. You know, we're putting it on this little circle, this plate that sits on our on our table. And something has to give. I mean, that's us fitting the sky into that into that space. Mm-hmm. So let infinity be bigger than ourselves and and stretch the Boundaries sometimes. I love the traditions of astrology. I've been studying horary and solar arc astrology with Robert Glasscock. He's doing these practicums on uh, Kepler College. Fascinating stuff. And uh, those are more precise rules, like horary, especially, is you follow a precise system and you don't deviate from it. But I think when we get into readings, which house system is the best, which house system is right, they all work. Mm. And we shouldn't quite be so rigid. In fact, even in horror area astrology, they don't acknowledge uh, orbs. If you're in the sign, you're in the, in the sign. You can move wow. the whole sign without constraint. So I think sometimes we can be more latitudinous in our interpretations. And hmm. we get a good rich, richness and seasoning with that when we do. I've, I've found that to be true.
1: I love that. Okay. So Thomas, we have go deep or go home as the major theme. And, and can we unpack that a little bit? What do you mean by going deep? Like, does that mean we need to go beyond the surface level of things, understand that there is something ben- beneath the surface level of things, that it's okay for us to go in there and explore it and see what's there for us, that there's hidden treasures, like what aspect of going deep do we focus on
2: let's let's talk about the nodes as to how we look at the nodes of the moon relative to our soul journey because really to answer the question why am i here what's the purpose of this life it's all locked up in those nodes so the south node of the moon is that symbolism that archetype of Karma that we brought into this life for the purpose of resolving. We didn't drag it in to be an ogre and an obstacle. We dragged it in in order to deal with it. And I think that the, Steve Forrest is kind of a lead on this. He's done some amazing work. He has a course, in fact, that uh, is on his website that is a very good course. If you really want to master this from the master, uh, that's a great resource to do a deep dive. But, you know, when we look at anything in astrology, I really firmly believe that we should look at both <clears throat> the shadow side and the positive side. We don't do it justice because astrology and this sacred geometry, this spiritual predictability is based on the law of polarity. It's getting dark where I am, it's light where you are. Polarity, right? Hot, cold, polarity. So we can't look at Mars as just being bold and overly aggressive. So when we, but there's one place in the chart where we do ignore the other side of the polarity, and that's with the nodes. So with the south node, in order to really get how this fits in our karmic path, ignore any positive sides of that sign or planets that are in that area in your chart. So with the south node, we look at the dark side only. And then the north node, we do the opposite. We just look at the positive side and we ignore the shadow because that's our answer. That's the solution to the dilemma of the south node. So the idea is that this accumulated karma from the past, from before we were born in this incarnation, came with us to be resolved. And that the whole chart, really, I mean, even the placements of our natal planets are wired to show us and tell us the story of that journey through resolving that karma. So when we look at Scorpio, what we brought forward collectively, keep in mind for the next 18 months, there are going to be a group of kids born who are born for a lifetime of dealing with this deep stuff coming up and out, not just us collectively. So what we're looking at, first of all, is you could find Scorpio in your own chart and the house or houses that are represented where Scorpio is in your chart might be areas where over the next 18 months you will see some activation around this karma coming up. So if Scorpio is in your seventh house, it might be that relationship type areas are going to be explored. If Scorpio is in your... Third house, it might be the way that you communicate. It might be the effectiveness of your communication. It might be some of your learning, or in my case, unlearning, that will be examined during this period. Scorpio's in your 10th house. It might be what you do professionally, might need to change. So, in bringing that forward, what we do is we look at the dark side, and this is where it gets a little sticky because Scorpio in its shadow side is a dark, ugly energy. It often includes death. In fact, there are a couple of places when we're looking at the nodes where death is often symbolized, especially if other planets are are accompanying it. Pluto with Scorpio, Saturn with Capricorn. You're looking at this nodal interpretation of the south node being the dark shadow side. Death is often part part of the mix. Somebody died, perhaps, as a result of this karma that still is there. Collectively, we're going to be dealing with a lot of deep wounds that are ugly. Scorpio goes all the way down, and we're going to be bringing those up to the surface. The solution is going to be that Taurian balance. Taurians, Taurus does not like conflict. They like harmony. They want to know that tomorrow is going to be just as stable as today. They don't want disruption. They don't want a fight. They don't want an argument. They want beauty. They want earth. They want connection. That's going to be the positive, auspicious side of 2022, is as these deep, dark things come up, and they're going to come up collectively, and they'll come up for us individually, that we look to that balance of Taurus. Look to the harmony. Look to the serenity. In fact, connect to the earth. Go buy yourself a sprinter van. (laughs) Live in nature, because that's going to be a big part of this next year, is when things get crazy and zany, which they might, when they do, I mean, it's earth, right? doesn't have to be just this year. When they do, the secret this year is going to be to do that grounding pra- that practice. Literally go take your shoes off and curl your toes up into the ground mm. and stir it up. Get your toenails dirty. Mm. Go take yes. your yoga mat and put it out in the grass and do your yoga. Look up yeah. at the sky and watch the puffy clouds go by. Turn your darn phone off. <laughs> <laughs> wow!
1: So it sounds like this. We can think of it as that Taurus, the the positive side of Taurus, being literal medicine or antidote to some of the things that we may be experiencing that may be very challenging, and in that sort of underworld realm. And that if we can keep it in mind, to actually when things are that crazy, we can do Taurian things. That that will help us to find that balance between those two things. I mean, Absolutely. that is really clear. So some of the, some of the things that I've pulled out of what you've you've said. So we have this overarching theme of go deep or go home. We have a, a very unique opportunity to connect spiritually, an opportunity like we have probably never seen in our lifetime. That is enabling us to really find a new spiritual footing, a new a new spiritual. Um, Infrastructure for ourselves Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. we, uh, we have an opportunity to release old structures, that this is a time to be rebellious, to experiment, to try new things, and that we are in this process of, and you said, try new things, try on new things and building new spiritual structures and, and really exploring these big questions. Like, why am I here? What's the purpose of my life? I've started asking people that what do you think the purpose of life is? Why are we here? Like what to you is the point? And it's really interesting to hear people's different perspectives on that question alone. It's like the big question, right? So Mm -hmm. it sounds like this is a good opportunity to be exploring those kinds of questions for, for ourselves, because it's, it's almost like everything's been shaken up, right? It's, it's some of the things that, that we really relied on to be there and to to be those anchors, they're they're gone or, or they're disappearing. So it's this process of like, okay, well, if all that's gone, what is real and true and of value to me in this lifetime? Why am I here? What am I here to do? And it sounds like we're gonna have lots of energy supporting us asking those questions and finding our own new answers to those questions.
2: All year. So don't be afraid to do what I did in two thousand nine in that RV. Now I would. <laughs> I love suggest- what you did in
1: two thousand nine. It's amazing. I mean, the fact that you did that and you were, were getting to the root of all those, all the patterning in your life, and that you just decided that's what you were going to do. I, I mean, I, it's awesome. I think it's here's what so I did, amazing.
2: and and here's a great metaphor that we've been using in our in our group um, recently is literally. Now I would suggest, especially with Neptune in Pisces this year. If you have, well, I'll just say, I saw that uh, alcohol was not going to continue to serve me in any kind of way with that aspect in my own life. And what I would suggest is be real careful this year. If you are given to things that might grab a hold, Mm -hmm. be careful because Mm -hmm. that energy is also elevated. But what I did, Amanda, is I sat out there And literally, I would just think of something, some area that didn't work in my life, some area that somebody was hurt or something broke or I didn't fulfill or whatever. And then I just started tracing it back. And I went back to when was the earliest point that that showed up in my life so that I got a connection with what caused this or what created this and how did I create this response around it. And then what I did is I looked at the opposite because I I love that, uh, it's on YouTube, it's the Seinfeld, George does the opposite skit. It's only a couple of minutes long and it's hilarious. And Jerry Seinfeld gives some of the best psychological advice in the world. When he tells George, he says, well, George, if you're doing this and you're getting a result that you don't want, why don't you do this and maybe you'll get a result that you do want? Hello? Brilliant, yeah. <laughs> so so i i literally would identify and that's why i went back and traced it back how did i come up with this that is not serving me then i would figure out what's the opposite Mm. and i would at least say well if i try this then maybe the truth is some you know maybe what works for me is somewhere in between and i literally reprogrammed everything that way
1: it's amazing i mean you that's what i was thinking as you were speaking it's like you literally Deprogrammed, you like unprogrammed yourself, and then you're, you're creating entirely new neural networks by exploring the opposite of the thing and then choosing the response that is the best for you. How long is exactly. this, was this a whole year? Was this like the whole entire year of 2019? did it for a whole
2: year? Yeah, wow, all of 2009. Yeah, and think about the astrology chart. You know, I've got all this loaded energy in, in Scorpio, where's my answer? Taurus.
0: Mm.
2: If you're all loaded up with energy in Capricorn, what should you be looking at? Cancer. Getting into the heart of Cancer. Mm. You just mm. look at the opposites in the chart. It's all constructed on angles. So let those angles serve you. They're there for a reason. Wow. And what we've been doing in our group this this was so fun. Jenga. You know the Jenga block game.
1: Yes. Uh huh.
2: Okay. So think in your mind of your own little Jenga tower and all those blocks are areas of your life that need to be dealt with. You get, you look at that and it's your turn, right? And you're playing the game and there are a couple of holes there and you wiggle on one and you go, oh, if I move that one more fraction of an inch, the whole thing's going to go. It slides out real easy. You go, ah, there's my, there's my turn. Well, that's the same way. You'll find some that are sticky. Some that are full of resistance and it's like there's the weight of everything in your life is pressing down on that block and Mm. you're going to have to work your way into it. And then some of them are going to go just like that. Ah, go for those. Because when you can get those out of the way and set those aside and when you do, (laughs) jinga, right? I just moved the block. Done. And it's gone. Right. It is no longer in your karmic pile. And the idea is by the time that we finally transition away that you've reduced that Jenga block down to nothing (laughs) Mm -hmm. if you can, or very small so that you've got very little to bring with you next time.
1: Amazing Thomas. That sounds like an incredible practice. And what a really visual visceral experience of just dismantling or d- dismantling these structures that we've built. I mean, you literally like build up a structure and then dismantle it, but do it carefully, do it mindfully, do it strategically. And I love that so much. Thomas, this has been such a pleasure. I am watching, uh, the comments and everyone is just loving meeting you, loving the way that you so clearly articulate what you're, tr- what you're saying to us. It's just so clear and you have so much wisdom to offer us based on your life experience and what you've dedicated yourself to. And I'm so happy to welcome you to the Astrology Hub community. And I'm so grateful that we get another opportunity to be with you in just a few short days. And we'll get to hone in on next week. And like you said, it's a stacked week. So there'll be a lot for us to talk about. But I just want to thank you for, I mean, you've really walked a very courageous path. I mean, you had a lot of disappointment, you had a lot of disillusionment, and you have met life very fully with your curiosity and your questions and your desire to to know and, and get better. And it's really paid off for all of us. So thank you for that, thank Thomas. You. Really you, appreciate Amanda. it. I if appreciate people it. Want and sending to- love
2: to all of you. Thank for thank you very much for watching and for listening today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're they're um. It's it's awesome. Lovely, genuine, great session. Wow. Love, love, love. Brilliant. Yes. So clear. Wonderful. Thank you both. Big love. Amazing voice. Everyone loves your voice. Perfect broadcasting oh. voice. Um, <laughs> so Thomas, between now and next week, if people want to check out your astrology and just get to know you a little bit more, they can go to fun astrology podcast, correct? And yes. then the subconscious mind. Sub- I I love subconscious mind. I think it's all my 12th house stuff. So I love the spiritual angles of, you know, that, that really unpacking things, um, spiritually from that perspective. So I love your subconscious mind podcast as well. And then his fun astrology, it's daily take on the transit. And it's about 10 minutes, each, each yeah, episode is cool. about 10 minutes, which is great. It's like, you can definitely just tune in, get a snapshot of the day. Love that too. Um, and then do you have a website that, that they can go to and check out? Basically fun
2: astrology.com is kind of where everything's happening for us right now. Yeah. Nice.
1: Nice. All right. So next week, we will be broadcasting with you from the van. If you can find a quiet spot, which will be really I'm fun. We'll work
2: on it. Yes. <laughs>
1: awesome. And for those of you out there who are not yet members of our newsletter or, or you're not receiving our newsletter, it's called the Cosmic Insider. We send it once a week. It gives you a summary of the astrology of the week and or the episodes and the different topics that we covered during the week. It's totally free. It's a great way for you to stay in tune with what's happening at Astrology Hub and then what's happening in the astrology. A lot of times we'll synthesize a lot of the different uh, conversations that we had that week. So you get like a nice snapshot of what's happening. You can go to astrologyhub.com slash insider and make sure you're on that list and we'll be in touch with you once a week and make sure that you're staying up to date with what's happening at Astrology Hub. Thomas, thank you. This has been an incredible kickoff episode with you. I cannot wait for more. I cannot wait for next week. Thank you for being here. Thanks to all of you for being here, for tuning in, for your support as we're trying out some of these new formats, as we're bringing in new voices into this community and really creating that hub of different perspectives, which I think benefits us all. So thank you for being here. Here, here. Thank you for, for being a part of our community. And thank you, as always, for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on the next episode. Take care, everybody.